What is it that determines something's value? The world of collectibles and antiques can teach us quickly that something's worth isn't always obvious to the naked eye. What about us? How valuable are we, and how can that be determined? What are we actually worth? Study with us as we consider the idea that we're not worthy on this week's episode of Where There Is Hope. Welcome to Where There Is Hope. Here we offer inspiration and encouragement from the Bible. With Travis Renfro, I'm John Lindsay. We're glad you're here. John, as we record this, the NFL draft has recently taken place. And if no one, if someone has never watched it, it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating. It's not always good TV, but it is a little bit interesting anyway, about how subjective somebody's value can be. There's all kinds of analysis like draft capital and first round grades and upside and all those sorts of terms that get thrown around. And in the middle of all this is the fact that some young person's life is going to be forever changed based on what somebody's subjective estimate is of their value. John, the draft always has surprises in it. Some players are always taken higher than expected, and some player always slides down on the draft board. Why does that happen? One team values a player more than another one. You know, there's always an example of somebody, and and this year we record in the state of Kentucky, so sorry, Kentucky fans. This year is Will Levis, who sits in the green room on draft night and goes home, having never left the green room in the entire first round. Everyone said he was going to be a first-round guy, and he's not that guy. He ends up not being picked that way. Because apparently, no team valued him high enough to take him with a first-round pick. And there's this real simplistic economic notion that says it's worth what someone is willing to pay. Uh, you, you think? Did you ever collect baseball cards or anything like that when you were a kid? A Pokemon. I, I thought I would go a little bit more uh, macho than that, but evidently we're going Pokemon. So when I was a kid, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't have any more right now. Just to be clear. That's good. I'm glad we cleared that up. So you have Pokemon cards. They're worth a lot of money right now. <laughs> anyway. Well, hey, just to counteract your nerdiness, I collected um, comic books, and that's not a whole lot more masculine yeah. than what you collected. Um, but they have value, and that's not always readily apparent. It just depends on who's looking at it and how much information they have. So what about us? John, what about you? What are you worth? Well, I'm worth whatever my company pays me, right? No, that's, that's one way to measure your value, yeah. I don't think that's the accurate way to do it. I was kidding. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, I mean, the obvious, we're, we're going to get into it. Mm-hmm. But the obvious answer is God sets our value. Yeah, but you know it's interesting that you mentioned that your you know your employer pays you so much. That's that's one type of value that you have. What you're worth to your employer. Um, your wife and kids would probably set a higher value than your mm-hmm. employer would. Life insurance policy. Yeah, about the, about the. Well, with, we think in you... terms of dollars, so I'm thinking the way mm-hmm. that we've valued my life. Does your no. wife only think of you as the value of your life insurance policy? <laughs> Don't answer I that. I hope not. No, probably not. Probably not. 
The goal uh, is to always be worth more alive than dead. Yes, that's what keeps us yeah. in. Um, We're getting off topic dirt. here. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is my fault. It's fine. It's all good. So yes, who or what sets our value? And, and you're right to say that God obviously sets our value. So let's take a look at some passages. Uh, in Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 24. It says, And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They, neither ha- they have neither storehouse nor barn, yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? So Jesus I answer that question. Jesus tells his disciples that they have value. How does he tell them that they can know that? By looking at the birds. And so how does looking at a bird tell me that I have value? Uh, the bird doesn't have a kitchen to keep his food in or, you know, doesn't have a store that he goes and buys his bread at. So, um, you know, they, they don't think ahead in that term. God provides the food for them. Yeah, and so the the question that Jesus asks at the or the statement he makes at the end is, "You're much more valuable than a bird. If God's taking care of a bird, are you not taken care of? Do you not have your needs met? Are you not cared for?" And of course we are. But even though we know that we can read that, we still sometimes feel unworthy of God's love or are not valuable. Is that because we lack faith? Do you think? Um. I don't know. Uh, I would say no. Um, It's just hard sometimes when you... I wasn't prepared for that question. (laughs) Whenever Um, you feel like you aren't as valuable as scriptures like this tell you, what's getting in your way? What's What's making you feel less valuable than Jesus says you are? Uh, I would say that it's typically me making myself feel less valuable. So you say that it's typically you. Is it you have a knowledge about yourself, right? You know things about yourself that probably a lot of other people don't know that somehow influence your estimation of your own value. So I know that I'm a sinful person and that I'm imperfect, that I don't have the zeal for God that I should have. Um, et cetera, et cetera. We could all go on, right? And so in knowing that, I can't put those two things together. I can't reconcile Jesus saying that I have this value to God when I know who I am. And like I can't possibly have, be yeah. that valuable to him. Does that make sense? Yes, I see what you're saying. Um, I understand everything about my life because I've lived it, and there's a lot of things I'm not proud of. Um, so how how can I feel unworthy when I can see all these things? And I think a lot of it is that we just have a hard time forgiving ourselves as mm-hmm. God has forgiven us. Um, but I might be getting ahead of myself. No, I, and I think there's a danger uh, of spiraling when we feel that way. If I feel that I'm unworthy, then I think, oh, well, my faith must not be strong enough. And if my faith isn't strong enough, then I must be unworthy. And you see this downward spiral, mm-hmm. how that can happen. Uh, I fall victim to that sometimes. Let's look at another passage where Jesus, or not Jesus, this time where Paul talks about our value. And this is in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, 
where Paul writes, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So again here, God sets our value. And, but the word value doesn't show up here. So what is it that Paul says that we could sort of interpret that we have value from that? Uh, basically says that we aren't good or righteous and that God came and died for us anyway. Sent, so, sent Jesus to come and die for us anyway. Yeah, so there's this, there's an exchange, mm-hmm. you know, not, not to get too economic about this, but there's an exchange that says that we must have value because he exchanged something of great value. Jesus is sent to, to live on this earth, live sinless or a sinless life, and then accepts uh, the punishment for our sin. That's to redeem us back to God. Mm-hmm. That's to purchase us. Um, so in that sense, love and value are sort of interchangeable in what Paul has to say here. And again, that's, that's a difficult thing for us to consider because we don't think of ourselves as being that valuable. We don't feel that valuable. Um, but again, th- that's what Paul says. So now we have Jesus that has told us this. Paul tells us this. And Paul says it again. Uh, in another passage, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And something I thought of just now as I was reading this, there's really a couple different ways that we can find out we have value in this. The first one is what's inside of us. What does Paul say is inside of us? The Holy Spirit. So if God is inside of us, that has to make us valuable, right? Mm-hmm. Like a, I'm going to use a really silly example. A piece of Tupperware has some value, but not a whole lot. But if you fill that Tupperware with gold coins, it has significantly more value. And so maybe in one sense, we have value because of what's inside of us. Mm-hmm. It's, um we did an episode talking about the passage that uh, refers to our bodies as jars of clay. Mm-hmm. That idea that we're just cheap, <laughs> cheap <laughs> vessels that are filled with secret um, power from God. Yeah, it makes that that cheap, seemingly insignificant vessel, and it just immensely valuable. Yes. And then the other thing that Paul says here is that we were purchased. He says, you were bought with a price. And we've sort of hinted at this already, but what was the price that was paid for us? Christ's life. How do you, when you meditate on that, John, what do you think of? How does it, well, that's a poorly worded question. But when you meditate on the idea that Jesus died for us, which we do every, every week, um, as part of our service to God and worship. Like, how do, you, how do you feel about yourself when you think about the price that was paid for you? I'm not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's, that, was, that was not intended to be a setup uh, just to, <laughs> to get back to that point. But yeah, I feel the same way. It's hard to make any sense of why I'm worth any of this. Um, another passage that you... Um, haven't brought up yet that I thought about was Ephesians 2 
Um, and he just talks about how we have been saved. In Ephesians 2, I won't read all of it. Um, but starting in verse 4, he says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Um, and that, that whole chapter is chock full of this kind of language. But I think just seeing that God sent his son for us because he loved us, that was his motivation. And it's like you brought up, it's hard to fathom, like, why me? Why? I'm definitely not worth it um, in my own eyes. Mm-hmm. But God thought so. It's very humbling. Humbling is a wonderful word uh, that I think fits very well. I'm going to shoehorn in this passage, and I will admit from the get-go that it doesn't quite fit what we're talking about, but I think it may apply anyway. Uh, that's Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Uh, when the Hebrew writer says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now he's not talking about our value, but it may fit because what you just alluded to is our value may not be seen by us. It may not be seen by the people around us, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And so I I mentioned in the intro uh, to this episode about, you know, antiques and how it's hard, or collectibles, and how you can know their value. And I'll say this, we're not always equipped with the right knowledge to properly assess our own value. So here's an example, all right, like the antiques mentioned in the the intro. The Antiques Roadshow, listen, I'm a very boring person, but the Antiques Roadshow can be very fascinating. Don't wake up, John, this is great. In 2004, there's a man from St. Paul, Minnesota, and he brings this Swiss pocket watch onto the show. And when he does, the appraiser there valued it at $250,000, which would be pretty awesome. I would be really excited if I just had this pocket watch that was worth a quarter million dollars. But that was in 2004. In 2016, they revalued it, and now it's worth $1.5 million. But then in 2018, it's revalued again by someone who knows better, and now it's worth 2 to $3 million. What changed about the pocket watch? Absolutely Nothing. Nothing. Actually, it got older. Yeah, I guess it anything. got a little bit older. But what happened was someone who better understood its value came and took a look at it and set the value. There is no one who knows me better than God. And we said that we have trouble assessing our own value because we have we want to we think we know our own faults and we know what's all of our dark places and all of that stuff. But you know who else knows all that? God knows all that too. So John, I'm gonna, I want to look at another passage in Psalm 139 and verses 13 through 16. And this will be familiar to a lot of you once we start reading it. So in Psalm 139, beginning in verse 13, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So the psalmist there says, 
God, you know me. You've known me before I knew myself. When I was being formed in my mother's womb, you knew me then. You know my days. You knew everything I was going to do. Is it fair to say that God knows every mistake that you have made and are going to make? Absolutely. And so that has not changed or has not diminished. Let me put it that way. Has not diminished your value to him. Another passage in Matthew 10.30 says, But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. There's no secrets about us that we're hiding from God. We can hide them from ourselves. We can hide them from our spouses, kids, parents, what have you. But you're not hiding anything from God. Something you haven't said, but I think, I think it's interesting to think about. God knows you better than you know yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and to think about that, that for me is uh, eye-opening. He's the expert appraiser, right? If we, if we continue with the, with the goofy PBS theme here, <laughs> that it, we're at the Antiques Roadshow and the, the ultimate appraiser walks into the room. He knows the exact value of everything in there. And he knows what we're worth. And he, sa- and he tells us that we're worth, um, we're worth a son. And it's incredible to consider. Uh, anything to add before I close this out, John? Any other thoughts? No, I think this is such an important message, though, because we live, you know, I was joking about um, salary and stuff earlier, but we live in a society where that is how a lot of your value is determined. How much money are you making, Mm -hmm. uh, which determines what kind of house you can live in, what kind of car you can drive, which determines your lifestyle and who you hang out with. It's all driven by what some guy in some office values values you for um and i having gone through different struggles in my life it's it's difficult because you start to believe that and you start to get wrapped up in it and realize that it's just a number that some person somewhere has set and um it doesn't mean anything yeah i'm I'm so glad you said that because I, i think that's worth saying you know before we close it out is that you, you people really need to be coached to avoid that trap of valuing yourself the way the world values you. Um, that person, your boss, your superior, or you know, HR, they're not the expert appraiser. The insurance person's not the expert appraiser. As much as your spouse may mean everything to you, they're not either. Right? God is the one who, who knows everything that he needs to know to set your value. So who are you to say, I'm not worthy of forgiveness? I'm not worthy of God's love and mercy. I'm not worthy of salvation. Who are you to say that? God knows you best. God says you are valuable to him, valuable enough that he includes you in his offer of salvation. So whether or not you think so, you are worthy. Thank you for joining us where there is hope. It is our goal to share the hope and joy that we find in scriptures with you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can email us at wtihope at gmail.com. Lamentations 3.24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him.